you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Good morning, everybody. What's up? James Coe here with the guys on the NFL Fantasy Life podcast. My boy, MG, Marcus Grant, Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, and the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Uh, I'd love to start by reacting to the uh, interesting game yeah. on Thursday night. I think that's polite. the best way to put it. Interesting you're being, is, you're being polite. is the appropriate word to <laughs> it describe it. It was fun, like, towards the end. <laughs> That's uh, why it's interesting, because for three quarters, it was like a snooze fest. Three and a half quarters, it was fantasy death. With the biggest play being Rashad Jennings blocking a punt with his face. <laughs> and, uh, I think he got a hand on it, but it looked like his face. I feel like Rashad Jennings should personally get those fantasy points. The safety? He should get the, the two points for the block kick. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to push it up the ladder I mean, and see what we can do. I mean, if we're doing that, you know? I mean, he's, he is a fantasy-relevant player, he didn't do too much, obviously, <laughs> other than that. Um, but, man, three and a half quarters, that, that game was, oh, my gosh. If you played anyone on either side, it was just awful. And then, Well, wait a minute. Explosion. Wait a minute. Don't say, I mean, Jordan Reed had a really good game. Jordan Reed did have another um, good game, I was going to mention. And, you know, all those people who started Andre Williams, right, and Eli Manning. Well, I think Eli probably I mean, was How many people were really starting I'm just Andre. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I thought that was sarcasm, but I want. I was like, no, 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 I couldn't quite read it. it. I was like, wait. Well, but, you followed it up with Eli because I think a lot of folks did start Eli. Uh, I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess no. I'll, I'll take a look at his starting percentage, but okay. I don't think that he was uh, he was started in a huge number of uh, of leagues. Let's just put it that. You way. know, I, somebody hit me on Twitter and asked if uh, if they should play Eli Manning, or I think it was. Uh, Joe Flacco, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, Eli Manning with confidence. 
<laughs> well, I mean, he, he, had a, he had a decent night last night. Well, no, he had a he actually had a a, a good stat line last night, but that's only because all of, of all, exactly all of it in just it's like what's happening in the right most now? Ruben Randall of Ruben Randall plays ever. <laughs> where the ball bounces off of the defender. That was a great play. Bounces off of his shoulder, right, and then somehow back into Ruben Randall's hand. But not only that, I mean, it, it was I was laughing. I'm, I'm watching this at a place that uh, serves adult beverages. And you weren't uh, throwing a football around, were you? I oh, believe you, me, pal. I was not. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, no, but so I'm watching this game, and, and through three and a half quarters, I'm like, nothing. I mean, no fan. Uh, Rashad Jennings, nothing. Uh, again, Andre Williams had that one care. Okay, fine. Uh, Shane Vereen, who I started in multiple formats, nothing. Odell Beckham, limited. Uh, Eli Manning, nothing. I mean, there was nothing. Going on from a fantasy perspective, unless you did the New York Giants spot start. Okay. Eli Manning started in 13%. Oh. Yeah, not, not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. So Jordan Reed was probably the biggest impact maker uh, of fantasy players who actually were started on teams. Sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, I hear that. No, I definitely hear that. And he's a guy that I think he's still owned in a shockingly small percentage I would of agree. NFL.com leagues. People right. need to go and pick him up. He's a target monster. He had nine targets last it, night, six catches, 96 yards, and he was targeted twice in the end zone. Twice in Kirk, the end zone. Kirk Cousins I, had, right. like, been One of them should apart. have been a guaranteed target. Oh, he was wide open. I wide open. When he was healthy, and while he's healthy, he's a tight end one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, Bottom he is. Line. And, but it, it's that fear, that injury fear, I think, has scared a lot of people away. And But like I said on, on NFL Fantasy Live on Thursday, look, he's healthy now. Don't, don't you know, make your decision based on what could happen because you don't know. But right. as long as he's healthy, pick him up. Put him in your lineup. Right. All right, so what other reactions do we have from the game other than that? <clears throat> it was uh, the Washington garbage. backfield. Watching until what? late. Should we address the Washington yes, backfield? Yes, we, we need to get to this. No, we like, Because all of us in this room – like Alfred Morris. Yes. Why doesn't Jake Gruden... I mean, I feel like I, it's it's like that scene in that famous episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will's dad walks out on him. Yeah, he, what is... Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. Look, he looks at Uncle Phil and he says, why don't they want me, man? You know, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel about Alfred Morris. Why don't you want him, man? He's so he's a good running back. That's so funny. Why do you mention... Uh, that? I almost cried on that scene. Everybody almost cries on that, that was, scene. That was a rough scene to watch, and, and yet we're, we're, we're bringing it into fantasy. I love it. Um, no, but, you know, here's the thing. I, I love myself some Alfred Morris. I wore, I wore myself an Alfred Morris jersey last year for that uh, uh, NFL jersey record-breaking You thing. want him? Because uh, he's on the trade block. Uh, no, okay. I don't want him for fantasy this year. But I did want to say, Matt Jones, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, when he runs, I mean, I mean there is something else going on. I mean, he, he definitely looks uh, like the more explosive of the two, for sure. So, uh, just some quick stats. I didn't have a chance to look at this this morning when I was getting ready for the podcast, but the great Evan Silva of Roto World tweeted it out. Uh, the snap and touch percentage breakdowns for our, for these guys, the percentage of snaps and then the number of touches. Yes. Matt Jones, 34% of the snaps, yes. 11 touches. Alfred Morris, 16% of the snaps, 6 touches. Wow. Chris, and Chris Thompson. That, Chris Thompson. Right, I was just going to mention him. Fifty-one percent of the snaps and ten touches. It's almost Why? like it's almost like the Cowboys gave Lance Dunbar to the Redskins, and put him in a jersey in for jersey. the night because he did exactly to the Giants what Dunbar did to the Giants yep. in Week One. And I think that was more so like the game flow because right. they got down so big 100%. and they needed they needed the pass catching back that could. There was that one drive where they threw it. I think it was twelve times in a row. Um, or something along those lines. And, and so in those situations, you know, Alfred Morris is going to have a limited role. 
they don't believe that he can catch anything out of the backfield, which is not inaccurate, but, uh, but right. I, I mean, it's so, look, I know everyone's all stressing out about Matt Jones. If he didn't have the fumble loss in the, in the touchdown scored, we're talking about an entirely different ball game. If. Yes, but, but it, it did happen. It However, uh, like, what do, what do you guys do with Alfred Morris? I'm of the mind where I don't think it's, I think it's a tad early to jump ship. No, because, I mean because you this don't, team is going to run the ball so much. I, I'd try to trade him. Um, I've been try. I tried to trade him yesterday before the game. Um, a lot of people around here are too smart. Uh, <laughs> would, would, wouldn't bite on it. Um, you don't drop him. Although I think people will drop him. But it, it's it's clear that the Redskins coaches see the talent that uh, Matt Jones has. Sure. And Hard not to. Hard not is, to. And that is uh, exactly why the snaps were siding with Jones, uh, why, why the touches were siding with Jones. Although I do wonder if, if Thompson is going to end up being uh, a bigger part of this offense moving forward, sort of like Roy Hallou was catching balls out of the backfield, in which case it's a three-headed monster where you which can't trust worse. I was just anyone. about to say, is, is anyone in good. this backfield, can you trust anybody in this backfield? Even, even a guy like Matt Jones who, I mean, just visually is just, I mean, unbelievable. I, you know, I, earlier in the week, I got a tweet from somebody asking if they should go uh, Matt Jones or David Johnson. And I, I sided with Matt Jones simply because I, I worry as much as I like David Johnson. One, his touches have been very limited so far. Very this season. limited. But, you know, Chris Johnson is, you know, in name at least, the starter on that team. And Andre Ellington's going to be coming back at some point. So I right. felt like at least Matt Jones, the only person he has to worry about is Alfred Morris. And Jones's share is, is going up. But seeing so much of Thompson there oh on, on Thursday night, it makes me wonder if you're right. right. Maybe this isn't another three-headed monster, which basically it, it obliterates the value of all three of those guys. Now. And, and basically, if you watched the game last night, you saw two of the most confusing backfield committees yeah. in the entire I was, I was just going to league. say, it mirrors exactly the Giants, which isn't even more frustrating. Same thing. Actually. So, like, Jennings played. Uh, Vereen, and, and this is why I've never, I've never been on the Vereen bandwagon. He's so inconsistent. He did nothing last night. He didn't catch a pass. Right. Not one. He and got three targets. Where, and that's where he makes his, makes his hay in fantasy. I don't trust him. I don't trust Jennings. Andre Williams came in, took a touchdown away. You can't start any of the Redskins or Giants running backs right now with any kind of confidence. Yeah, the, no. the Giants backfield touch split was 14 for Jennings, 14 for Williams, and 6 for Vereen, and he had those three targets, but he didn't catch one. So, again, it's just like split perfectly into thirds, and it's a disaster. And, <laughs> and Williams led all the Giants running backs in fantasy points, and no one started him. Yeah, because well, of that touchdown. I mean, and and like, I think, yeah, and I, I was just about to say, I think what it is, what it comes down to is these guys all have very, very specific roles. Uh, they seem to like Jennings in, in, you know, obviously running down situations near the goal line. They throw it to Andre Williams. Then, you know, if they need to start moving the ball a little bit and, and passing the rock, then, then all of a sudden you see Shane Vereen. I, and you know what? You, you could transpose the names of every single Washington running back uh, into that scenario as well. It seems like Alfred Morris is getting a series. Then Matt Jones will get a series. Then Alfred uh, Morris will get a series. And then when they need to throw it, they bring in this Thompson kid. So it seems really difficult to trust any, uh, any one of those six running backs. That and I, I think, say. yeah, and, and I think the, also, uh, the, also, or the other thing that you need to keep in mind, too, is that Sometimes the Redskins aren't going to know who's going to be the leading touch uh, right. in that toucher in the backfield because game flow. Like in, in week two, 
Jones got hot. They gave him the ball. And next week, it could be Morris who gets hot. They gave him the ball. Thompson got hot last night catching the ball. They gave him the ball. Speaking of speaking of trust issues, and I think we should probably move on pretty quickly because I think we've hit this game well, do not trust Ruben Randall. <laughs> no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, don't do buy it. into this. Don't do it. The guy does this two or three times a year. He, <laughs> he dropped this game on us. Next week, he's probably going to have 12 targets with three catches for 17 yards. Ruben so, like, Randall. just don't, don't Wait, waste. Wait, you mean NFL Network's not going to uh, put on a show? Catching Ruben. Ruben. Catching Ruben? Catching Ruben? No? <laughs> I don't okay. see. No. Might be about Ruben Sandwich. So don't don't but... waste your top waiver priority or anything on Ruben Randall. Yeah, very we've seen We've seen this movie before. Uh, Brashard Perriman uh, returns to practice for the Ravens. He could be back in the field. In October, you know, I've gotten a couple of Brashard Perriman uh, uh, questions on Twitter. Uh, what do you guys make of the news that Brashard Perriman's returning to practice? And, uh, again, he's a speedster. He, he's known as a deep threat. Joe Flacco, an excellent deep ball uh, thrower. Uh, he seems to be a good fit for the offense. What, what do we make of Perriman? Not much. I <laughs> was, was very tepid. I'm, not, I, I'm just not excited about him because... I don't know. Call me crazy. I have a problem with having a receiver on my fantasy roster where the big knock on him is that he can't catch consistently. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like he's a poor man's Torrey Smith. He's going to do all the things Torrey Smith did, but probably not as well as Torrey Smith. I, I, I don't really want any part of that. Gailhar? I think uh, there is some potential with him, but the trouble is he hasn't practiced in right. like two months. He's probably going to see the field in October, but even then – this was a guy that coming in was much more raw. Like, people don't expect the Odell Beckham treatment where he's going to come in and, and yeah. rip apart the league because he was a guy that was more raw. He had the size-speed abilities. That's what pushed him into the first round, not his refined route running and, and hands and everything. So I think once he starts, once we start seeing a little bit from him, he definitely needs to be rostered. But I would just, like, I'm with Marcus. I'm not going to be tossing him into starting lineups anytime soon. Uh, uh, we're going to move on, but I just realized uh, I never asked you to hit the news sound. Oh, we totally missed it, but let's get some let's get some news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. I watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, I also like turtles, but let's talk about uh, Darrell Reeves. Uh, he, uh, I didn't see this news, actually, Gilhar. Uh, Reeves might be out versus the Eagles, is that right? He's, it's uncertain, I think, yeah. is the term they used right now. He's got, I believe, a groin injury that's been dogging him all week that he suffered on Monday Night Football, so he's up in the air right now. Yeah, well, Jordan think- Matthews, for me, I, I was just, I'm deathly afraid of the matchup, man. Deathly, deathly afraid. If the If that defensive line... Uh, starts harassing and haranguing, as Adam Rank would say, um, the quarterback there in Philadelphia, Sam Bradford. Uh, how much time is he going to have to even throw it to uh, someone like Jordan Matthews? And if Jordan Matthews is being blanketed by Revis, forget about it. What, what, what can we realistically expect from uh, the, the skill players out of Philadelphia? Well, I, who, who do you trust right now? I don't trust Bradford. Uh, of course, it really depends on what happens with Revis. I think Matthews is still startable as a three or a flex. Yeesh. I don't know that you're starting Murray if he plays. If Murray doesn't play, Matthews maybe fits in as a flex, but not a great flex. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, guys, Chris Ivory might not play either. Right. He's injured, and I'd say there's a good chance that he's going to be sidelined or limited this week. So That's what it sounds I, I like. I picked up yeah. Bilal Powell in a lot of my leagues because I like the matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's just for one week, maybe throw him in there as a flex starter. Um, because... The Eagles' defense is not good. It, it really has struggled the first couple of weeks. Uh, even against the Cowboys last week when Brandon Whedon came in and looked like the second coming of uh, Jason Garrett. 
coming in and replacing an injured Troy Aikman against the Green Bay Packers. Sorry about that, Whiskey. <laughs> no, I'm more just face palming that we've got a mention of Jason Garrett as a football player. <laughs> I remember on this that podcast. day, and it was great Thanksgiving Day. But um, so funny. So so pick up Bilal Powell if you have Chris Ivory, or if you need a flex starter this week, and Ivory is out, and Powell comes in. I think he'll see a, a pretty good workload. All right, how about uh, Todd Gurley? He's practicing again. He says he says he's ready to go. Does anyone here believe that he's actually ready to go? I mean, I think he. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't show up on the injury report. So for all intents and purposes, he is ready to go. The question is, is Jeff Fisher going to deploy him? I don't think this is a case where we can start Gurley yet. Even if he does see the field, he probably gets what. Eight to ten touches. I think max. even as, even as a flex, I don't think you can start. Yeah, the guy not, with any not yet. It's exciting sure. that he's getting close and that he is. If you drafted him, yeah. you're, you're super excited. You're right. stoked. But as for uh, a week three play, does anybody have any confidence uh, that he will make an impact? Even let's just say as a flex starter. No, not really. I, I mean, look, we all agree. I think that, that this kid has a good future ahead of him, but. I think it's. I mean, we're talking about he hasn't he hasn't had a carry in an actual live game since what sometime November. in yeah no yeah last November. So we're we're coming up on almost a year since sure. the last time he had a carry. He didn't see any real work during training camp or in the preseason. So I think to just expect him to jump in here and go bonkers that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, and, and and you know me, I play I play things safe. I don't even go in the water in Southern California because I'm afraid a shark's going to come out and, and take off a leg or an arm. That is extremely telling, but go ahead. It, it is. So um, I would sit back, enjoy the game, yeah. see what he can do, see how many touches he gets. And then react. And then potentially deploy him in week four. All right. It's one go. of those cases where I'd rather have him blow up and be on my bench than have him in my starting lineup. And, and get, get you a zero? Zero or one point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with I'm that. I'm willing I, to deal with that situation. I, I've been I've been advocating that as well. I, I think Todd Gurley, uh, again, tremendous talent. But I think it's a lot to ask. And I said this last year of Josh Gordon. I know it's not the exact same situation. But the fact of the matter is it's kind of a slap in the face to professional NFL players to say a guy, a rookie, no less, is going to come in, uh, limited conditioning, and and he's just going to step in and make an impact. But, again, he does have unbelievable talent. Uh, It was a lot of fun watching him run at Georgia. All right, how about DeMarco Murray? Uh, He's nursing that bad hamstring, injured it during practice at some point here. Um, I guess, how confident are we? What do we do if we are DeMarco Murray owners? Well, I hate to say I told you so, although I also like Brandon Cook, so, you know, stick that in my craw. But <laughs> this was bound to happen. One of two things was bound to happen. The numbers were going to decrease significantly or he was going to get hurt. And, again, I know DeMarco. I wish him the best. I, I really hope he had a good year, um, but it's not going in that direction. He needs to average over 130 rushing yards over the last 14 games to even come close to what he did last year uh, in that category. Now he's banged up. It was bound to happen, guys. It well, really was. And I'd be trying to trade DeMarco Murray right now before his value starts to sink Which, anymore. speaking of, that's what Akbar, I know we talked about on Fantasy Live. He's like, I'm trying to swing a trade with Tom Brady. He offered me. Tom Brady and DeMarco Murray for Julio Jones and Arian Foster. Yeah, he's nuts. Oh. And I said, get that out of here. Oh. You know what? And, and, and remember when I, when, not when I said cool. that he, not had, cool. he had no shot to trade Manning or Brady, and that right. was his strategy when he did the draft? Because he's asking too much. No one's going to give you that much for a position that's really deep. Like There's like four starting quarterbacks on waivers right now in almost every league. Right. 
Yeah, I, look, I, DeMarco won. Yeah, we expected lower numbers. We didn't expect that he would have 11 rushing yards through the first two games of the season. Right. It looks like he's going to play this week, but at this point, I, it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust any of those running backs there, especially against the Jets, who, who have looked so good defensively. I, I think, you know, I think they're sitting DeMarco this week. I, 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 I would almost feel more comfortable with Darren Sproles. If there's one running back that I was forced to play out of that backfield. It's Darren Sproul. Thousand percent. Same here. I, I think he's the guy who could do more damage catching the ball out of the backfield. I think I stay away from DeMarco. I stay away from Ryan Matthews. I mean, we're talking about Ryan Matthews. I mean, come on. Let's, let's relax. I, 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 like the, I like the fact that uh, I think the Jets uh, will limit uh, traditional ball carriers on the ground, whether it's DeMarco or Ryan Matthews. But you know what? They uh, can be had by quick, speedy uh, guys out of the backfield because, you know, their linebackers are going to be concerned with all these different formations that, that Philadelphia is throwing out there. I kind of feel like this is going to be a Nelson Aguilar game. Am I crazy in thinking that? I think Nelson Aguilar finally breaks the funk, and I, I, I feel like he's going to break out in this game only because there's going to be so much uh, attention paid to a guy like Jordan Matthews. I, I, mean, I hope so. That'd be yeah, nice. that, that, that'd be nice. I don't know if I can can put my put my lineup on it. Maybe uh, maybe a a, a, a DFS punt, flyer, a punt, a punt play in DFS. How about a yeah. DFS flyer? Depending if his if his values uh, depreciated enough from him doing absolutely nothing for the first. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hey, let's move on. Uh, you know, I did want to get to one other piece of news here. Uh, the mighty Bob Bill O'Brien, we're talking about the head coach for the Texans, says, uh, "quote DeAndre Hopkins is going through the concussion protocol." But from what I'm told, he looks pretty good. I oh, think that's great thank news. Thank goodness. Uh, for DeAndre Hopkins' owners. So yeah. I would say, you know, obviously, uh, watch NFL Fantasy Live Sunday morning on NFL Red Zone channel to get the latest updates there. Uh, or you could always follow the handle at NFL Fantasy on Twitter for your latest fantasy news and advice. Hey, by the way, again, we answer uh, just a bazillion questions between the four of us here. Uh, on Twitter. So if you do have fantasy questions, by all means, tweet at us. I'm at James D. Coe, spelled K-O-H, at Alex Gelhar, G-E-L-H-A-R, at Marcus G. Marcus spelled with an A at the end. And then Michael underscore Fabiano. Don't tweet Michael Fabiano with no underscore. Yeah, that's an opportunity. He's, he's, he's busy idea. doing opera uh, performances. Exactly, yeah. And I <laughs> Maybe can't there. <clears throat> all right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some matchups that do excite us here. How about James Starks? Jimmy Starks. Is he going to get off finally here? I mean, I, I, Eddie Lacy hasn't practiced yet, to my knowledge. We haven't seen the practice report from today. I would be shocked um, if he plays. I'm going to be shocked if he's play if he plays too. Eddie Lacy owners have to, you know, breathe a sigh of relief, feeling like they dodged a serious bullet. One at first, the rumor floating around exactly. last Sunday night was high ankle sprain. Right. Uh, but for this game, Starks had 24 touches last week and didn't even play the whole game. And, and he looked. He really good, good. against good. Seattle. Yeah, he's been he's been a great one-two punch with Lacey for I years. Agree. And uh, if he if Lacey sits, James Starks is automatically in RB two for me this week. I I love the matchup for him at home. He'll get some work out of the backfield catching passes. He'll get you know probably anywhere from fifteen to twenty ish carries, and he's got he's got a good floor and a good ceiling too. Yeah, I'm I'm playing whoever starts. Uh, I have Lacey in one league. Luckily, I have Starks as well as the handcuff. So and this. This goes to show you how important a handcuff can be because if you have Lacey and Starks was floating out there on the waiver wire, unless you had a high waiver priority, I guarantee someone swooped in and they're probably trying to rob you in a trade Absolutely. right now 100%. to give James Starks away. So um, I'm not talking about handcuffing Justin Forsett or Frank Gore, but mm-hmm. 
those high-end running backs, uh, you've really well, got to protect and, yourself and if they get least, hurt. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of handcuffing, but the Lacey to Starks one is one where you knew if Lacey went down, Starks was going to get the, the touches. Because, like, with Forsett, if he went down, is it Buck Allen? Right, you don't is know. Right, exactly. Farrow, Farrow, you have no idea where it goes. This mm-hmm. was one of the ones where it may, or, like, even with the high-end guy like Forte, who the heck is going to get the right. carries if he goes down? Kadeem Carey, Jeremy Langford, we have no idea. Jaquiz, yeah. Jaquiz so, Rogers, we have no clue. So this is one of the cases, and if uh, for some reason you play in a more casual league and Starks hasn't been picked up yet, go please go pick him up. out and get him. Please go pick But do we know, who is another, who's the other backup? Uh, that is a combination of John Crockett, an undrafted free agent, and Alonzo Harris. He oh won out gosh. on the third uh, John Crockett. Alonzo, wow. I know. I I, uh, I just love guys with the name Crockett. I, I guess almost, you did. <laughs> I almost, almost guarantee you we're the only fantasy podcast in the world who has mentioned John Crockett. That is unbelievable. Guaranteed, my friend. I like it. Uh, Russell Wilson, all Seahawks on high alert here. Uh, <laughs> there's an incredibly high ceiling. Doug Baldwin in his uh, career, especially from a fantasy perspective, has been wildly inconsistent. Uh, do we like the ma- I mean, obviously, we like the matchup versus Chicago. Uh, what are some projections for a guy like Doug Baldwin? I'm assuming, look, you're playing Marshawn Lynch. You're expecting a lot out of him. You're playing Russell Wilson. You're expecting a lot out of him. Doug Baldwin is one of those guys. Where do we slot him? I can totally see Baldwin giving you 12 points. You know, six, 60 yards and a touchdown, like... He's the number one wide receiver there, and he's just not the sexiest wide receiver because, well, he plays in an offense where they uh, predominantly run the football. But the Bears are so bad that if you need a wide receiver this week, if you know Roddy White's been your three or uh, your third wide receiver is an Anquan Bolden or someone like that, where you can pick up Baldwin off the waiver wire and play the upside because of the matchup, I would do that all day long. I feel like this is the Jimmy Graham game. Oh, finally, right? right well, mostly because, you know, he started to kind of make some noises that he's not happy with the way he's being used. I mean, certainly after a game where he gets just two targets, uh, you know, he basically said, well, what'd you bring me here for if this is how you're going to use me? And the matchup is right. You've got a, a star tight end who's unhappy. This just feels like the game where Jimmy Graham gets about 15 times. I mean, we've seen that in the NFL before where somebody rattles the cage a little bit and then the team is like, fine, they'll placate him and like feed him <laughs> in the next game and then go back to their plan afterwards. Right. So, well, actually, it happened on this team. Angry Doug Baldwin. <laughs> he was complaining about not getting targets. All of a sudden, the next week they go out and they force feed Doug Baldwin. So yeah. maybe maybe you're right. Maybe this is the Jimmy Graham game. Maybe Russell Wilson's like, you know what, man? I got you. I just I just don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think just the point is, if you have Seahawks, start them. Start them. If you're in a deeper league. How about Tyler Lockett? Is he say, a startable this, guy? This is the week to take a flyer on him if you're in a deeper league or in, in DFS if you want to maybe do because you get points for return yards and touchdowns. Do a Tyler Lockett, Seattle defense Ooh, pairing. It. Yeah, do a little stack, stack that up. way. Could be great. Okay, I like it. Um, how about the Cardinals? Uh, the Cardinals, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> as I cough here, but the Cardinals, uh, they've got a tasty matchup as well uh, versus the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers who just absolutely struggled in week two. I mean, obviously the Steeler, the Steeler offense is, is, is tremendous. But the Cardinals, too, uh, have been putting some points on the board. Yeah, man. I mean, let's not forget this was the Steelers offense. Sands, Martavis Bryant, and Sands, Le'Veon Bell still. Right. And they... Darius Hayward Bay had a good game against the Niners secondary. Dude, I can't wait until he comes back. Until I've got Brian in a bunch of leagues. I can't wait. Uh, I really think he's going to make a, a huge impact. 
uh, for the Steelers and for fantasy owners. All right, well. what do we make of this 49ers Cardinals matchup? I, I'm a big fan of the Cardinals in this matchup. Start Carson, your Cardinals. Carson Palmer Cardinals. has been great. And don't forget about John Brown. He had one bad game, and everyone's on the Fitzgerald bandwagon. And yes, he's fantastic. John Brown is making plays where you don't see them. Check out Chris Westling's archive on NFL.com. He did a great article on John Brown. He's utilized all over the field. He's forced three PIs this year that have put the Cardinals into the red zone. He's making plays where they don't show up in the stat sheets. Eventually, they will. Yeah, I, Start him as a three this week. I said on a separate podcast, I don't want you guys to think I was cheating on you or anything. I was, I was a guest on uh, Liz Loza's X's and Y's Cheater. podcast, and I said the same thing about Brown in that he, I feel like any day now, John Brown's going to have that 150-yard two-TD game where he doesn't get dragged to the ground on the deep passes and actually hauls them in. So don't start everybody. Start David Johnson. Start them all. Peter. Start them all. Uh, I, I, I wanted to say this, though. John Brown, I love the talent level. Uh, obviously, he's got a good quarterback that does look for him. But, look, the bottom line is, and Fabs, you say it all the time, look, yeah, he's being utilized all over the field, but the production is just not there yet. Um, and I get it. Uh, I get that there's a lot to like about John Brown. Well, but, I mean, well, but no, game, but, he scored but a touchdown. I think the, the chemistry, so. yes, but he, did, he was not utilized at all in the second half of that game. But here's the thing. I, I think Carson Palmer has a very good rapport with Larry Fitzgerald. I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Fitzgerald, look, he's not going to have a three-touchdown game again. Okay, I get that part. But I think he's going to get some targets. He's going to get some looks. And it's going to kind of sort of milk uh, John Brown dry there in terms of what he can produce. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He's too talented to not have one of these 150 two-touchdown games. But where I'm concerned... And I love players that are consistent. Um, if John Brown is your flex, amazing. Amazing. He's an upgraded version of Deshaun Jackson. I love it. But if he's your wide receiver two or, heaven forbid, a wide receiver one, uh, that's where the problems, I think, lie. Because I think you're going to see this type of inconsistency from a guy like John Brown again and again and again. Because it's not like we're talking about a guy who's 6'1". Uh, 220 well, pounds. I mean, he's John Brown is no smaller dude. Two. He's he's a three or a flex across the board. If you if you draft the Brown as your one or your two, you may want to take up another hobby. <laughs> not good. Man, I'm telling you, a lot of folks like the upside of this kid, and why not? I he's do got too. unbelievable speed. I think a lot of folks were comfortable drafting him as a wide receiver. No. Too. I don't know about that one, but um, I think he was the three. He was a three, yeah, but I yeah. mean, at least on his consistency, he's gotten. Five and then seven targets in the in the two weeks so far. He's had four or five receptions, 45, 46 I mean, yards. Five, five targets is not a lot, Gilhar. That that and is that was in a game where they didn't throw they didn't throw the like didn't they chuck the rock a ton because it was the Chicago game and Chicago turned it over in their own territory left and right. right. So uh, he's he's getting looks is the point even when not a ton are are going around. All right, let's break down this uh, Cleveland Oakland game. I see that you got Latavius Murray on here. Can I just say I'm, I'm worried about Latavius Murray? West Coast teams traveling to the East. Uh, early games, they tend to struggle a little bit. And, and also, Cleveland's got a pretty decent defensive line. Not against the run. They're terrible against the I'm run. I'm a little bit worried about Latavius Murray, so t- talk to me well, about the trends. Well, look at the numbers. Uh, listen, I mean, you know me. I'm all about the numbers. The, the Browns have given up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs this year. Two rushing touchdowns, over 300 yards in two games. That's the most I love too, Murray. I love Murray this week. I have no uh, hesitation in starting him at all as an RB2. My, my only fear, and this just this has nothing to do with the matchup or fantasy, just kind of the history of the Raiders over the last year or so, is that it's a young group, and they get a big win. They got a really nice win last week yeah, in Baltimore. Did. 
and then they tend to have a letdown. And so my fear is that they just don't show up. Now, maybe this is a new team. Maybe this is like a different group this year. I, and it wouldn't stop me from putting Murray in my lineup. No. I just I just worry that you know somehow th- this Raider team this week won't look like the Raider team from last week. I, I agree on those accounts, and I get what you're saying. The, the West Coast to East Coast is brutal for the early games. However, if anybody can endure that, it's a running back. Like, I think he's the best suited to go out and still perform. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with Murray this week as, like, an RB1. I think you got – I mean, the bottom line, if you have Latavius Murray, you're playing Latavius Murray. Uh, I've also been shocked by when I look at on the waiver wire, there's no one of any intrigue at the running back position in any of these leagues. I'm playing. Oh, it's dark. <laughs> they get eaten up quick. It is a dark place looking for running backs on the waiver wire right now. I mean, because yeah. I thought I thought even last year Shane Vereen was hanging out on the uh, waiver wire for a while because people didn't trust the Bellatrix. But man, I'm looking out there right now, and and with the injuries and and with you know people being hip to the game, it's just man, these guys are just getting picked up left and right. You have to, you have to, because uh, you've got some top tier running backs who aren't producing. Uh, you've got some injuries, right? I mean, Eddie Lacy probably uh, right near the top of that list. People haven't had Le'Veon Bell. They haven't had Arian Foster. Uh, and any, and I mean, I've been preaching this forever. Anytime there's a running back on the waiver wire who can potentially do anything for your team and you have dead wood on your roster, pick him up. The worst thing that'll happen is that he won't do anything for a couple of weeks and you drop him for somebody else. Who, who is dead wood? <laughs> dead wood. <laughs> he, he's like... Elliot Harrison. He's a wide receiver four. Elliot Harrison would call him Turd Norton. Is he the bizarro world of Danny Woodhead? <laughs> he's the opposite. Actually, he's the bad Danny he's Woodhead. He's not actually a great football players. player. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, all right. So what about uh, Isaiah Crowell? Does the crow fly, fly free against this uh, semi-porous Raider defense? I like him too. I like the crow as well. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, you, you never know when Duke Johnson's going to get his touches because uh, there's been kind of an even split, but the crow is the guy at the goal line. It's a very good matchup. The Raiders are, are very porous against the runs, so I like the crow as an RB2 Which, flex. by the way, speaking of Johnson getting his touches, what? why in the world does he not have a catch yet? He doesn't even have a target weird, right? in the passing game. It's weird. Like, isn't that part of the appeal of Duke Johnson? I have no is, idea. Is getting him in I've space. got my hands up in the air. You I know have what it no is, You know what it is? I mean, the Browns have so many good wide receivers. They just <laughs> yeah, don't that's, it. that's it. That's <laughs> it. That was sarcasm if you didn't pick up on that's it. That's it. How many times did they throw the ball, though, uh, last week? Though? 15. 15. So, I mean, I, I guess mean, that's they kind part of it, sense. yeah. You're gonna and plus it's Johnny Football, so he he's wheeling and dealing, and he's always looking downfield anyway. So maybe it's not think a great. They'd call a screen to help him out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, why, you why invested would, a draft pick in. Why that. would Johnny pick up nickels and dimes when you got Benjamins down the field? Yeah, <laughs> buddy, there it is. Nice, there it is. Line of the night. All right, and that's it for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop, man. That was solid. How long have you been waiting to use that? Oh, uh, you know. Man, that was, that was fantastic. I like it. Well done. Uh, can I give two deep, deep, deep sleepers uh, at the running back position? Um, and this is before I forget here. Damian Williams there in Miami because Lamar Miller's a little dinged up. Uh, if he's available on your waiver wire and, and you're in one of those 14-team leagues, I'd give him a look. He might already be gone. So if you're in a 12-team league uh, and you've got, as uh, Fab says, dead wood, uh, Damian Williams is an interesting uh, uh, pick-up-and-hold type guy. And in Atlanta, uh, I like this guy, Taron Ward. Uh, Taron Ward out of Oregon State, he's a rookie. Uh, he's a short but powerful back. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen his uh, the way he runs. He's a, he's a powerful runner. We Nothing wrong lot. with being short. We Kyle. saw <laughs> we saw a lot in the preseason of him when both Freeman and Coleman had hamstrings. Sure. So, yeah, he was on my deep deep waiver wire pickups this week too. It's a good one. I like Taron Ward. Um, look at Oregon State his senior year. How about this? Ten touchdowns on just 130 carries. Uh, he's he's built for the goal line because he he's got good vision in there. Uh, and in the open field, and by the way, he's really good at uh, as a pass-catching back as well. He's got great vision in the open field from what I could tell of the tape that I saw. I feel like, I feel like the Falcons have a type. You know how your friend, you, you have, everybody has that one friend who dates the same, you know, same type of people over and over. And they have a t- like the, the Falcons seem to have a type at running back. They like shorter, squattier <laughs> guys who catch the ball in the backfield. That. You're right. I mean, you be between Teron Ward, uh, Devontae Freeman. I mean, Jeffers Rogers was there. Michael, I mean, it's just, Michael Turner. Right. It's like they, they seem to have a type That's at running funny. back. All right, we see we see you, Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Oh, man, that's a very good point. You like shorter uh, folks that are heavier set on the bottom. All right. (laughs) That's great. Uh, I would be a good fit for the Falcons. (laughs) All right. But how how are your hands, James? You need to be able to catch the rock out of the backfield. I can catch the rock out of the backfield a little bit. All right. You know, I think I run a a 5-9-40, so that Uh, might hinder me. No, wait, when you were saying deep sleepers and we were talking Cleveland and Oakland, I thought you were going to go a different way with, uh, with the tight end. For the, oh, the, the barnyard dog. <laughs> I forgot about the barnyard dog. Danger zone specialist, uh, Gary Barnage. Here's the thing with Gary Barnage. He's out there on about 80% of Cleveland's offensive snaps. So uh, clearly the Browns trust him in, in the offense. It's not like they're shuttling him in and out uh, like a guy like Zach Ertz. He's out there a lot. Um, and also this Oakland team, I mean, we've seen them just be, I mean, just gashed at the tight end position. Um, we pit, uh, Alex Gelhar obviously was a, a huge proponent of uh, Crockett Gilmore last week. I kind of piggybacked off of that uh, for Danger Zone. Uh, in week one, they gave up about a bajillion points to Tyler Eifert. Uh, Gary Barnage, does he have the talent level to be uh, that kind of guy? Probably not. Uh, he's more of a blocking tight end. That's fine. But will he get looks in the red zone? Sure, he should. I mean, I could see it happening. I could see 50 yards in a touch. And you're trying to you're, you're getting that out of Gary Barnage? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, at this point, I'm I'm leaning toward the side of start all tight ends against the Raiders. They're, they're, they are awful. <laughs> at Terrible. Their, their, their safety position has just been depleted. Yeah, that, that has not so helped. that has not helped at all. That's left the entire middle of the field open, and that's why big athletic guys like the tight ends have been having so much success against them. So yeah. I think Gary Barnage is a is a great. Danger zone play in deeper leagues and in DFS too. He's going to have a, a huge value and allow you to be uh, to stack up the rest of your lineup. Elsewhere. And don't you think too with actually with Josh McCown coming back, it's an even better play for a guy like Gary Barnage because yeah. as you said, Marcus uh, Johnny Manziel, he's not going to dink it and dunk it. But uh, a guy like Josh McCown will lean on his tight end a little bit more than a guy like uh, uh, Johnny. Giving it up for my boy, Gary. We went to WrestleMania together with uh, D'Angelo Williams uh, earlier this year. Had That's right. That's who else you yep. went with. That's had, had a lot of fun. Gary's a big WWE guy. That's so and funny. Nothing would make me happier than for Gary to score a touchdown this week. He's a really good dude. There it really is. good guy. We actually go, we're, we've started a trend now where we're going to be going to all the WrestleManias. It's in Dallas next year. And it will be the first time I've ever been to that stadium. At Jero World? Wrestling. I yeah. like it. Uh, matchups that scare us. How about this? Uh, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard. Uh, can we make... I, I'm, I'm assuming Jeremy Hill is not going to be benched 
uh, for the entire game or for any part of that game. Two fumbles, obviously he had 0.1 fantasy points last week. That was tough. But I, I, I imagine he bounces back, no? All, the word from the coaches and, and Hill after the game was that all was forgiven. They just kind of took him out because Gio was hot and Hill had been putting the ball on the ground a lot. Right. Uh, that being said, this is not the kind of situation you want to have for him it's to get It's not a great matchup. It's a terrible matchup. Last year combined, he scored fewer than 10 fantasy points in two games against Baltimore. So I'm not saying you bench him. Uh, he's a flex at the very worst. But this is not a good matchup for, for Jeremy Hill. In fact... Um, I would start C.J. Anderson over Jeremy Hill this week. Yeah. I have a league where I have uh, Frank Gore. Wait, I'm sorry. Can we run that back? <laughs> I, I, it took I me a moment to process that. Anderson over Jeremy Hill this week. It I think C.J. Anderson is going to wake up. J- James is still waking up right now. <laughs> He's going to wake up this week against Detroit. The Lions have given up in each week one top six fantasy running back performance. Well, I also think... Their their game against the the run is not good without Indomitian Sioux. Mm -hmm. That's apparent. Well, that that is part of it. I also think for C.J. Anderson, you know, the report has been this is kind of his last chance to hold on to that starting job. If he doesn't perform this week, we can start seeing a lot more of Ronnie Hillman. Really? Did you see see, uh, C.J.'s tweet this morning? No. It's like feeling really good. Okay. So. I mean, how could they be considering benching C.J. Anderson for Ron? I just don't understand it. Look at the game tape. The guy's got no chance. Defensive lines are just absolutely pouring through the holes, man. It's like, what, what, what can any running back do when the defensive line's two yards into the backfield? I got news get it. for you, my friend. If the NFL was predictable, we'd all be making a lot more money. Uh, uh, and fantasy football would be a lot less fun. We all loved Drew Brees last week, and he stunk. If it was a lot more predictable, we'd all be out of jobs because nobody point. would need help. Uh, very good point. Uh, I was going to say, though, too, I have a league where I have uh, Le'Veon Bell coming back, uh, Jeremy Hill, and Frank Gore, and I think I'm going to start oh. Frank Gore over Jeremy Hill this week. Are you? Yep. Oh, man. I'm not I'm not nearly as scared of that Baltimore defense with, not, uh, it's a- with Suggs out and everything like that, so – I don't know. I, I feel. I actually feel pretty confident. It's a combination of that and uh, Gore looking good, despite having like three runs pulled, called back by holding penalties, and him playing the, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, if if there is a week where Gore should come out and finally wake up, it's this week. And then if it's not this week, time to start. Everybody freak out. It's it's freak out time. Yeah, it's time to hit the panic. Button. I tell you what, they're not scared of using the rookie Josh Robinson either. Uh, they should for be. The Colts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has been uninspiring and keeps putting the ball on the ground. I know Frank Gore did that when he should have ran into the end zone last week. But oh, how yeah, brutal but with Gore, you realize it's kind of an anomaly. Like yeah. those things just don't really. With Robinson, happen. it's happened several times in the preseason and the regular season <clears throat> already. So. All right, so let me ask you about Doug Martin. Uh, I, last year, he was a non-factor because he just was injured, dinged up, and didn't get the opportunities. We saw in week two. Uh, this year, him getting the opportunities and doing absolutely nothing with it. What do we make of Doug Martin? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, I don't like him this week because of the matchup more than anything else. Okay. Um, Houston's been tough on running backs. If you look at the numbers, Jamal Charles had a pretty good game against them, but most of it came as a receiver. Right. Remember, he scored that touchdown. Uh, and, and Martin has gotten the opportunities, James, as you mentioned, but he hasn't done anything with them. The offensive line is questionable. It's a bad matchup. I've, I've been on the Martin bandwagon as a potential flex starter for the last two weeks. Um, jumping off this week because of the matchup. Yeah, I mean, matchup-wise, it's not great. But I, I still believe, I mean, even last week, it wasn't great. But he still had almost 100 scrimmage yards. I mean, he had 20 yards receiving. He had 78 yards rushing. So you're talking about 10 points. And you're, and you're, you're talking about a guy, well, 
I was saying, at the start of the preseason, you were talking about a guy who was going in the latter part of drafts. Yeah. The hype kind of got out on him, and he started moving up, and I think he started to be overdrafted by the time we got to the, the uh, end of the preseason. But, you know, if you drafted him, you know, in double-digit rounds, and you were looking at him as your fourth running back, you know, he's, he's given you pretty good production. So, yeah, the, point. the matchup's not point. great this week, but there will be plenty of other times for you to plug Doug Martin in. Yeah. That's a good point. Might be time to jump off the bandwagon this week, not forever. No, no. he still looks very matchup. good. Yeah. He still looks very good. You know, he goes up and plays a defense that's horrible. You can always go in and utilize him as a flex starter, but this is just a, a tough week to promote him. All right, how about on the tight end position? Jordan Cameron, uh, do we trust him this week? No. Not if he's not 100%. He's got, uh, he's got a little bit of a groin going on right there. And um, that always makes me think of my boy Bill Sedell uh, and our <clears throat> famous cheers line from that episode where Sam Malone is singing about the gr- groin injury. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no clue. I love, Blank I love look on John. No, Blank look on no my face. No cheers? I said I love cheers. No, no, from Coe. <laughs> Coe's older than you are, so you don't think he would... Well, obviously I'm older than Wiz. Wiz is like 17 years yeah, old, he's dude. Just a, he's just a damn kid. I'm excited <laughs> but, to see, start Wiz, driving though, soon. I, I, I respect... It's a lot of fun. I, I, don't, I don't respect uh, uh, many people's opinions on TVs and movies more than, than I, I respect Alex, so it's great, and I figured that he would know about the cheers thing, but when... Jordan Cameron ends up on the injury report. I get scared, and this is a tough matchup. But he's so handsome. Well, who cares about that? We don't get points for that. Listen, you sound like my sister. Ah, oh, Troy, it's so cute. I'm going to so be a Cowboys though. fan. Uh, the Bills. If you look at the numbers against tight ends, well, oh my God, this is a great matchup. But I mean, one of the games they played was against Gronkowski. Right. It's the same thing with the Steelers. They played Gronkowski. That's why it skewed so much. So. Um, if I had an alternative, if I had Tyler Eifert, if I had Ladarius Green, who also is questionable, but yeah. practiced on Thursday despite having, what, two concussions in like less than two weeks. So uh, keep tabs on his status. So I think there are better options out there at the tight end position than Jordan Cameron this week. Uh, very quickly, how about Amir Abdullah? I have no idea what to do with Amir Abdullah. No clue. Well, this isn't a week I'm 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 it's a bad matchup. with him. I mean, the, the Bronco defense is so good that I, if you have another option. Again, this is a guy that I think started to get overdrafted. I mean, we saw what he did in the preseason. We all liked him. This, he was a classic Adam Rank fifth-round guy. And he, he, yeah, exactly. But then he started moving up into the fourth, maybe even the third in some leagues. And he kind of got overdrafted. He wasn't a guy necessarily to start week in and week out. And this is a week that I don't like him. Real quick, here's how I feel about the entire Lions offense this week. Not great, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) They've got a horrible matchup against uh, the Broncos. And for some reason, they're just – they're not feeding all of their most talented players. Um, I'm I'm off of Abdullah for this week. However, sooner or later, you think they have to realize they need to give him the ball more. So hopefully that starts after the Broncos. But, I mean – Megatron's got a tough matchup. He's either going to get Chris Harris or Aqib Tlaib, and those two have just been shutting wide receivers down. Oh, uh, it's it's just not a I'm, – I'm off of all the lines. Yeah, the Broncos' defense, not only good in, in reality, but really good in fantasy too, making plays, turning the ball over, scoring right. touchdowns. Right. That's huge. I feel like though – And Matt Stafford hates turning the ball over. Well, so. right, exactly. I feel like we're talking about, the Lions offense, talking about the Lions' offense. I, I refer back to our colleague Matt, Matt Harmon's uh, prescient hashtag – Throw it to your good players. Yeah, I think now he's added just throw it to your good players because he keeps <laughs> beseeching all these teams to do that. And the, the pass rush is so ferocious. I wonder if Matt Stafford will be forced to dump it underneath. And when if he is forced to do that, will it be Amir Abdullah? Or 
Will, uh, Caldwell, who's an extreme, again, I don't know how many times I could say this, Caldwell's not a good offensive guy, period. Um, or will Caldwell basically say, you know what, match protect, I'm going to keep Joyke Bell in there for pass protection, which he's decent at, and, and we'll just protect Stafford as much as possible. We're not going to let the running back leak out. I'm 50-50 on it. I, I'm not exactly sure how the game plan is going to lay out. Um, if Caldwell wants to get a little bit more aggressive because they're so behind, I could see Amir Abdullah being actually a pretty solid play, especially in PPR. Uh, but if not, and Caldwell does Caldwell, we're going to see Joy Bell in pass protection. Yeah, there's too many question marks in this game for me to get behind anybody. So I guess if you have Megatron, you're probably starting him. But uh, other than that, oh, I don't feel good about that. I don't though, feel right? good. I'll tell, you one, <laughs> I'll tell you one guy I wouldn't start is uh, is Golden Tate, and uh, one of our crack research staff here, uh, Kareen, who is fantastic and and does so much great work for me uh, and for the rest of our show. She had a great stat uh, on Golden Tate's numbers last year with with without. Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and with Calvin Johnson uh, in the lineup. Okay. Man, he, he is a mediocre wide receiver when Megatron's active. Mediocre. When Megatron was out, Stafford had tunnel vision. Was Even in PPR? Was throwing the football a ton. Yes. Um, if you look at the numbers right now, uh, Golden Tate, without Megatron last year, was averaging right around eight points a game. In standard. And P- PPR is going to be a little bit better, of course. But, um, I mean, he, he's averaging you know mid-teens with Calvin Johnson out of action. And now you look at the first couple of weeks, and Tate's done nothing. He's had eight points I, last week. They even tried to feed him the ball in one eight game. Eight points and last week. Work. And against Denver, I don't think he can play him. All right. Uh, I did want to talk about Brandon Cooks in the Saints offense very quickly. I think – and I no, tweeted this no, out. No, I don't want to do this, man. And, and I tweeted this out. Hurts, look, w- with or without Drew Brees, I think Brandon Cooks is a sit in almost every single format. And you might be saying, well, wait a second. I, I have nothing on the bench. Look, <clears throat> Brandon Cooks – uh, and uh, we talked about Josh Dorman earlier this week. Yep. I started doing some research. I'm writing a, a, a longer piece here uh, regarding fantasy, Josh Norman um, and, and the Carolina Panthers. Look, when Josh Norman became the starter in the back half of last season, you go into the playoffs as well, and then you look at the first two weeks of this season. Uh, number one wide receivers, and this isn't to say that all wide receivers are getting shut down by Carolina, but number one wide receivers – are being guarded primarily by Josh Norman. And Josh Norman, my friends, is fantasy death. I don't care. You could be Julio Jones. I think he did do pretty well against Julio, too. Julio Jones did not crack 60 yards on Josh Norman in either game. We're t- it's not a small sample size. Now we're talking about 12 games now, folks. In 12 games, no fantasy wide receiver has cracked more than 11 points. Uh, and in true number one guys... We're talking about Julio Jones, Mike Evans, whoever you want to talk about. Brandon Cooks faced off against him last year. He got less than four fantasy points. I Again, I think with Josh Norman, he's starting to emerge as one of these shutdown corners. I think Brandon Cooks with a dinged-up Drew Brees, absolutely, absolutely not playable uh, this week against Carolina. Yeah, this hurts, man. I, I mean, I feel like it's Cordero Patterson all over again for me and a lot of other people, but... If Drew Brees is going to miss time, then you know what? I wash my hands because uh, I didn't get into the Brandon Cooks business thinking that Luke McCown was going to be the quarterback throwing guys, the football. He just needed somebody to give him a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, you're right. Uh, Norman has been real tough on opposing number one mm-hmm. so far. And if you have depth at wide receiver, I would say that you bench him. Hopefully, 
with the games already started, you put them in a flex this week. Uh, this way, you can replace them with either a running back or a wide receiver. I did that in a lot of my leagues, just waiting to see what happens. So, for example, if Chris Ivory is inactive, uh, if I have a league where Cooks is my flex, so I'm taking him out and I'm going to put in Bilal Powell. Uh, by the way, last uh, stat here uh, regarding Josh Norman here. Uh, no, what, no top end or, excuse me, number one wide receiver uh, has scored, or on average, number one wide receivers, I can get this out, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> on average, number one wide receivers have scored uh, less than six fantasy points against Josh Norman and uh, the Carolina defense. He's really so, your boy now since he came at you on Twitter. Look, I'm Love just it. saying, I, I didn't really know a lot about him. I knew he was a good player. I just didn't know that he was fantasy death. I didn't realize that until I started going into the numbers. Yeah, and I'm looking great. at guys like Julio Jones can't crack 60 yards. Uh, so, yeah, that scares the bejesus out of me. But, yeah, I'm writing a longer piece for it. Look for it next week. But, uh, and, 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 of course, I'll throw this whole Brandon Cooks thing in there as well. But, anyways, let's get to the daily. Uh, I wanted to throw in oh. one more super quick. Sorry. I had put Kobe Fleener on matchups that excite us because, well, I know, Fabs, you had him in Sidham for right he's done well against the titans well and uh the thing is he last year um like with the golden tape megatron kind of stat i was looking at it because i remembered when Dwayne allen was injured last year kobe fleener i thought my memory was that he went off and he like 47 percent of his uh fantasy points last year came when allen was sidelined interesting so i just can't trust him man it's it's hard trust him that's the problem i I know it's it's hard right now he's barely seen any work uh this season but with Dwayne allen out andre johnson looking old as heck and the Titans getting gashed by ASJ in week one. This could be a game where Kobe Fleener, at least maybe in DFS or something, Ooh, is, a like name, is a name to look at. I like Kobe Fleener in DFS. I like it. I, do I like him as much as the Barnyard Dog? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. He's got a better quarterback. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Come on. on. Locke McCown. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's hit the daily adapt to get out of here. Extra, extra. Read all about it. What is that? All right, Daily Daps time. Uh, Alex Gelhar, you got one for me, pal? Uh, yeah, I was going to uh, give a dap to something, but I forgot during this podcast. So <laughs> Here, why don't I do this? I'll, I'll take it over. I'll, I'll jump right in. I'll I've right been back. watching Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, finally got around to my DVR. Watched a few episodes. Dap worthy? It. It's good. I like it. Um, it. I think it's dap worthy. But you know, my Daily Daps really going uh, to the character of Nick Clark. This guy, Frank Delane. I haven't seen him in any other um, movies or, or shows yet, uh, so I think he's a relatively young and relatively new actor uh, to the scene. But boy, he is really the star of the show. And he's a secondary character, and I get that, but man, he just jumps out on screen. So Frank Delane, who plays the character of Nick Clark, um, I, I know I made fun of Johnny Depp uh, in the last podcast saying he was the Matt Stafford of movies, but uh, <clears throat> this Frank Delane kid, Reminds me greatly, and he's got that star power of a guy uh, like Johnny Depp. Um, and so my daily Depp goes to him. I think, I think in, in, in the next few years, we're going to see a lot of Frank Delane. All right, I remembered mine now. I just took me a second. Well, because tomorrow I'm going to uh, L.A. does a great beer, f- <coughs> excuse me, beer fest. They did it in spring, and they're doing it in fall again. So I was going to give a daily Depp to all of the craft breweries out there. It's kind of been a go. fun explosion the last, like, what, I don't know, four or five years? Yeah. Where there used to be a few... My, like craft breweries, and now everybody's got a craft brewery. Right. And they're all doing interesting and delicious things with beer and drinks of all sorts of varieties. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. It should be a lot of fun, and I wanted to give a daily dap to all the brewers out there. Keep Dude. making that uh, delicious juice. Keep grinding on that grapefruit IPA. <laughs> I like it. Uh, MG, how about it? 
Uh, I want to give a daily dap to uh, a guy, uh, one of my Twitter followers, Richard Hartles. You can find him at TFF underscore Rick. Uh, you know, last night there was that play in the game where Andre Williams just trucked somebody and kept on going. And, uh, you know, I, I tweeted about it and he responded back and suggested I go to YouTube and look up Jonah Lomu, mm. L-O-M-U. Uh, he says, uh, you know, do yourself a favor, mate, YouTube Jonah Lomu and have a look at one of rugby's most powerful runners in history. So I went and looked this guy up. I mean, he was doing some Bo Jackson type. Where, <laughs> I mean, not just running over guys, running past guys, running oh. around them. You I can't mean, just throw the name Bo Jackson. Look, there, this is bro. a guy, and, and Lomu, uh, obviously, I think he is retired. I don't think he's playing anymore, but a guy who was 260 pounds and was too strong, too big, too fast for the competition around him. I mean, it, it really was some Bo Jackson. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I have visions of Brian Bosworth getting trucked. Uh, on that Monday, in that Monday Night Football game. So uh, a shout-out to, to Richard Hartles for okay. expanding my horizon. I mean, you know, before, all we talked about was the Hain plane and that That's sort right. of stuff. Uh, so I feel like a couple daps from down under the last yeah, uh, dude, last I few like weeks. it. I absolutely like it. Fabs, what's up? Well, uh, my dap is going to uh, the great Yogi Berra. Okay. Who That's passed funny. away this Solid. week. You, you guys Solid. know me. I am an absolute Yankees diehard. Uh, we won last night, beat Chris Sell, by the way, so that was good. But... You know, I've been around long enough to remember Yogi Berra being the manager of the Yankees. Um, and, and there was a long time there where he and George Steinbrenner didn't get along and he wouldn't have Shocking. anything to do with the, Yeah, he wouldn't have anything to do with the Yankees. But although I didn't ever see Yogi play, I'm not that old. You're not? Uh, I love... No. Uh, You've aged well. Surprisingly. <laughs> I just love baseball history. Yeah. Uh, and if you read anything on Yogi Berra, uh, very interesting stuff. 90 years old, uh, one of the greats. And um, uh, just remember that uh, baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. <laughs> Some of the great yogiisms are out there online. Check always go to other people's funerals. Otherwise, they won't come to yours. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite yogi one, I, and I'm sure I'm butchering this one, but no one goes to that place anymore. The it's too crowded. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is the most, by the way, that's like the most hipster thing you could possibly say. You know what, James? <laughs> it's I like love deja vu it. all over again. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Great dap. All right, man. Good show. Good show, boys. Good show. That was efficient. We got Let's, a lot of good stuff in there. Absolutely. John, John Crockett, Taron Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Taron Ward, baby. All right. Very good. For Alex Gellhar, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, I'm James Gell. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We'll catch you next Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.